Welcome to Beyond the Routine with Bettina and Nick Shimanek. The podcast where we step away from the workouts and get real about life. We're a husband and wife duo, performance trainers, parents, and health and wellness experts. When we're not training professional athletes or traveling the world filming or leading workouts, we're sharing about life beyond the routine and how we find balance in all the unexpected and the chaos that our careers bring. Whether you're here to see what's going on in our crazy lives or how we manage our work-life balance, or you're interested in improving your overall health, we're here to take you beyond beyond the the routine. Welcome back to Beyond the Routine with Bettina and Nick Shimanek. We're making this a two-part episode. This is part one of So You Want to Be a Coach. So here it is. What is up, y'all? What up? What up? What up? What up? (laughs) So today's episode is called So You Want to Be a Coach. Now, it's this episode isn't just for those of you that want to be a trainer or be a coach. It's also for someone that maybe is on their way to uh, uh, their own fitness journey. And they, or if you're just hiring a coach, you're you hiring a coach, and you want to know ideas of yeah what to look for. You yeah, know? and you can also so. not even just what to look for, but also kind of understand like where your coach is coming from. So if you're interviewing coaches, you can ask them some questions, and um, I think it's just really good insight because I know even as people that previous like previously were coached by others, like it would be good to know where they came from and kind of understand what their story is. So. Um, yeah, we think this this episode is good for anyone to listen to, not just if you want to be a coach. Yes, so, I can certainly agree. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're, we're you know today we're going to be chatting about a bunch of different things, you know, um, between what our stories as coaches are, what to look for whenever you're you're wanting to be a trainer or a group fitness instructor, uh, the difference between like one on one training, group training, uh, maybe even just focusing on the education side. And like what the time commitment is, like, yep. do you, what, what should you take in consideration if you want to do it full time or maybe just for fun and maybe some of our goals as coaches now. And then also our number one piece of advice for new coaches. Number one. So that we'll save till the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in episode one, we we dove a little bit deeper into what our stories were about, like how we transition, you know, Nick was a professional athlete and then switched over to being coaches or a coach. And then me, I was a professional musician and then switched over. So if you want to hear the true story or the real story about that, yeah, refer to, yeah, refer refer back to episode episode one. one. But there are a few things that we'll, we'll reference in those stories too. Mm -hmm. And like how and how and why the transitions, um, why we made those transitions because we, I I get this question all the time. Like, how did you get your start? What do you, you know, how do you start working with Nike or how do I become a coach or what do I, what certifications I look for? And we're not going to go over every single one of those things, but hopefully today we can help guide you a little bit more. Um, I think then the, the first thing that everyone realizes that are the two things. I think there are two things that people do when they realize they want to be a trainer or a coach. It's either they love working out and they're like, I want to be a trainer. Yeah, I can or, do this all the time. Yes, I want it to be my job. Yes. And then number two, people are like, I really like helping people. Yeah. Because I think coaching is not just the, the fitness aspect. It's a lot of that one-on-one, like being able to interact with people, right? And yeah. figuring out what they need. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would say even... And I didn't think about this until literally right now, whenever you said that, but I would say another reason that people get into coaching may just be like they're in, they, they were an athlete their entire life. Yeah. And then they don't 
really know what to transition to. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew a lot of people like that in the NFL. Not necessarily the guy into coaching like strength and conditioning, but just coaching in general, whether it's you coach golf, you coach this, you coach that. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you want to be in a position of like influencing and and helping people out, I feel like a lot of times the athletes, at least that I've been around. Well, that's you. I mean, you're literally you're that example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but there's so many more examples other than just mm-hmm. me that it's like. Oh, what are you going to do whenever you're done playing ball? Yeah. Uh, shit, I don't know. Maybe be a coach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they don't. It's because, because they, they only, only know ball, only know ball or, or, or whatever their sport. Their sport. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I would say those are probably the three main reasons and I, and that people get into it in the first place or I, a hybrid of those reasons, uh, you know? Yeah, and I think it is all Always a, hybrid. a hybrid. Yeah. And the first point that we were going to bring up is finding your niche and figuring yep. out what it is that you want to do. And you don't just become a coach and realize that that's what you want, you yep. know, or you don't realize, okay, this is who I'm going to focus on. Yep. Maybe if you were in sport, it'll be a little bit easier. Like, let's say you're a pitcher. Yeah. Maybe you're yeah. going to focus on pitching. If you were a quarterback, maybe you'll focus on quarterback yeah, stuff, yeah, exactly. you know, um, that might be a little bit easier to figure out what your niche is. But I know a lot of people that become coaches or trainers or group fitness instructors and they don't really know what it is. Like I get so many people to ask me all the time, like where, you know, how did you figure out you want this and that? And I think even I've been doing this for 10 years and I'm still evolving as a coach all the time. I was just going to say, it's Mm -hmm. like, that's what your niche is. Isn't necessarily like, okay, boom, I'm out of school or boom, whatever. Like, even if you didn't go to school, I got my first training certification so Mm -hmm. I can coach people now. Shoot, what's going to be my niche? I don't think you necessarily have to like pinpoint it. Yeah. Because I think it's, yep, it's it always evolving. Time. It takes time. Like you're obviously now that you're a mother, mm-hmm. you're Focus starting to kind of transition into prenatal, prenatal. postpartum, like yep. badass kind of strong woman. Um, and then I was kind of like, whenever I started, obviously I started in LA. So the environment is a little different out there, but I was, I was kind of like, shoot, I just want to work with celebrities and people that are cool and famous. And like now I could really not care. Like, you know, I don't really give a fuck. I feel like every trainer in LA aspires to to work with celebrities, but then they realize what it it. actually. (laughs) And then I did it and I was like, oh, this kind of, yeah, this kind of sucks. The schedule kind of sucks. The fact that they can just be like last minute. Uh Oh, boom. Hey buddy, I'm at your house. Oh shit, I'm not at the house. I had a so and so event pop up. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, you probably could have <laughs> let me know that. But that's yeah. that's that population. And I yeah. thought that's what I wanted my niche to be. Yeah. Because I see people, you know, like in the world or on Instagram or wherever it is doing that. And I'm like, damn, that looks really cool. Mm-hmm. But then like like I said, as I've evolved, it's like now I want to work with exactly who I want to work with. Yeah, you've, you know? you've found that niche. And I feel like, like you said, you've been evolving it. Yep. I mean, when I started, okay, I don't know if I talked about this in the num- the number one episode, but here it is. I used to work at a place called Flirty Girl Fitness. Did I talk about that? I, can't I don't remember. think so. Yeah, I think this is the first time I don't you're know if, it. Yeah, I don't know if I've <laughs> ever... So... <laughs> you're on like the polls? Okay, this place is called Flirty Girl Fitness, and they do pole dancing there, but that's not what I was teaching. I had no idea, my wife. <laughs> I did not teach was pole dancing. Almost a stripper, I guess. <laughs> no. no, they had so they have locate they had a location not that in that's, Chicago. I mean, do your no, thing. no, 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 no. Do your thing. You know, and I think it's I think pole dancing is really cool. I've never actually yeah. no, no no I never I've never taught it. I did one of the classes one time. 
And it was so, so hard. Sore, the, girl, sure. the the one of my my coworkers was like, "Oh, you should just try the advanced class. You're very strong." And I was like, "Okay." And I'm like, "Okay." I should, I had to have like special like lotion, not even lotion, like tar to yeah. put on my thighs. Or like chalk, stick, maybe. Yeah, to stick, you know, it was like it, not tar, but it wasn't chalk, but it was like yeah, yeah. stuff that you had to stick on your thighs. And anyway, but anyway, I used to work at a place called Florida Girl Fitness, and when I tell people that or any coaches that I'm working with, they're like, "Wait, what?" That's so wild. Like, I, I wouldn't even think of that. But when I first started, I wasn't the strong woman and I didn't, I lifted weights, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't focused solely on strength training. Like I, I was going through my own journey as a, as a individual being coached by other trainers. Um, and I felt like it was, um, it was the place that I, I, I went because I, I knew that they were going to quote unquote accept me because I was also a girl. And I, you know, I think that it was just a place that women, it was a women's only gym. So I taught like the, the kickboxing class. I taught the cardio class. And what I did was I started solely on group fitness and did the personal training on the side. So I took so many classes from so many different instructors to learn different styles. And all I did was take all these classes, not only at Florida Girl Fitness, but at the local gym in Chicago, there was a place called Chicago Athletic Clubs and they had so many different types of instructors. And then I would also go to LA Fitness and all these different gyms. And all I did was learn, learn, learn and go to these different classes. And I figured out what I liked. Because I think if you don't really explore, you don't really understand. It's kind of like dating. You got to kind of, got to yeah. like, got to figure out, you know, figure out what, what you like, what you don't like. And that's kind of what I was doing. I was like taking all these different classes. And then I also learned different cues from the way different instructors. For sure. Yeah. It's just perspective. Yeah. And yeah. especially because in group training, you're having to talk to a big group and, and, and cue so many different people so you have to find things that click really fast yep. so i thought that was a really um a great learning experience for me um but i thought that i was only going to focus on group fitness and and only working with women yeah. in the beginning yeah um i feel like i kind of i went on to move to work with other men or it's with men and then um you know, then I went more back to women now that I'm pregnant. Stuff, yeah, yeah. So. now that you're kind of doing the yeah. prenatal postpartum thing. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah, go ahead. No, but it, it, it takes time. And like the first, oh, it takes a lot of yeah, time. And, and I remember all the money that I made over the first. Just went back two, into oh, re-education. Yeah, re, yeah, education. And still, yeah. <laughs> I feel like even now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say, I would say my niche from a clientele standpoint has kind of evolved. Um, like I, like I just mentioned, I used to just being in LA and being just out of the NFL and like being around certain groups, you know, I was like, Oh, I want to be, I want to train this celebrity and this celebrity and this. And like I said, now I don't really want to do that. Now I kind of just, I want to work with athletes at the highest level, not necessarily celebrity. I, like I will, I still have a couple clients, you know, that I train virtually that yeah, are, but you, but now knowing actresses, like but, you were talking about the scheduling and stuff, like now, you know, like you're just very clear with the person. This is exactly like, like, who mm -hmm. I want to train. Like, I don't have a lot of time to add to the schedule that I already have mm -hmm. for just anybody. But if it's the right person that I, I want to work with, you know, if mm -hmm. it's like the right NFL guy, or if it's the high level athlete, tennis player, golfer, whatever. I just feel like I want to work with athletes at the highest level. Um, so I think that's kind of how my niche is adopted or, mm -hmm. or grown. And I think from my training, how these people view me 
or even just the training that I do on my own and I don't post on social media. Um, my niche is kind of like, I'm like this flowy, everything that I do is like just very smooth or powerful, mm -hmm. you know, like it's not a lot of just very generic mm -hmm. squats or roof foot elevated split squat or this and that. It's like kind of moves you've never seen before. But you still do those basic then, moves because oh, that's very do. important. I certainly do. It's yeah, very yeah. important to do those. So. I certainly do. But yeah. as far as the perspective, mm -hmm. uh, or, or I guess maybe the perception that people see me is like, oh, you're like, I have so many people all the time. Like, But I think something that would be helpful move. to share is how did you learn all those moves? I mean, I think people, coaches that um, will see your, your stuff or um, if someone, if someone is, is, um, is on their fitness journey and they see a coach doing all that stuff. Like it shouldn't just be like, Ooh, that guy does a bunch of cool stuff. What is the education behind that? Yeah. Um, or where did you learn that? What are the concepts? Yeah. I say, I would say, and I talked to this about one of my really good buddies, um, or with one of my good buddies, Dan all the time. Um, because I have, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm a smart coach. I feel like, you know, there's certainly stuff that I need to learn and, and grow and do better at, but I feel like I just have a really good, feel since I played mm -hmm. sport at the highest level, I have a really good feel for just body awareness and moving myself in space. And I'll just be exploring kind of like you just said, like training or, or coaching and finding your niche is kind of like exploring and dating. And I got to, Oh, let me see what this guy's doing. This person's doing. Um, and I think that's kind of how I got into this lane. Mm -hmm. As far as training goes, I would just be playing pickup basketball and like, boom, do a move, like do a little rip through. And then I would like feel what that felt like. And then I would come back in the gym and like, okay, how can I simulate a similar move? But now mm -hmm. let me hold a weighted implement. Yep. And then, okay, now that I held an implement slow and it was weighted, now let me do something like the same move, just super fast and like just piece, piece stuff together. Yeah. Um, and then this move layers onto this move and like, it's it's like a never ending process. Cause, cause you can move your body so many mm -hmm. different ways. So you, you feel know? like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not just you were reading it by a book. Like you actually are living it as a it. lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. It's just feeling. It. And that's what I tell Dan. I'm like, bro, you're cause Dan's like the smartest fucking person that I know. Like he's, he's grinded and spent so much time and research, like perfecting his craft. And he's like the guy, if I ever have any questions, I'm going right to Dan. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel my way of learning wasn't necessarily like a ton of by the book stuff, mm -hmm. but you have but a combination I'll do something, of that. hundred percent. Yes. I have a little combination of that, but I'll do something with a guy and Dan's been helping me out a lot and I'll do something with the guys with the NFL group. Um, and then after the, after the session, Dan will be like, damn, bro, I really, I really like that, uh, move that you did with them. Like, where'd you get that? And I'm like. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just fucking yeah. did it one day and it felt good. So then I, I played around with it a little bit more. And then after a couple of weeks of just tinkering with it here and there, it's like, this is kind of what I've came up with yeah. about the best solution for this. Yeah. And then Dan's, you know, well, damn, I like it because you're getting hip internal rotation on this side. You're getting a yeah. little lateral flexion. on, And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> but you understand <laughs> but all of the in, the stuff I, inside the box because the one 100%. the one of the biggest things that I've learned when I first became a Nike trainer, I remember I I was amongst all of these amazing coaches that have been in the industry for 15 to 20 years and I thought all, seeing all those cool moves, like I saw animal flow and all these things, but the thing that they always said was 
in order for you to go outside of the box, you have mm-hmm. to understand what's inside of inside the box. Yep. And I think that's important to, to note with you is not, yeah. you're not just moving around. And I think there's a lot of coaches out there that become coaches because they move really well. And they're like, Oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to start doing this thing and I'm going to yep. train my client to do this and try to get my client to move this way. But understanding why, why they do all that movement, yep. what it is, why they're getting internal. Rich, like you understand all those concepts. Correct. Yeah. I think it's just, that's the most important I, yeah, thing. I have, I have the, I'm not trying to discredit myself. I certainly have. No, like I'm, the, I'm not saying I'm just saying for anyone yeah. listening, it's important to remember, like just because you play basketball, just because you do all these things, like you have to remember you have to understand what's inside understand the box. The Nick basics, knows he's 100%. he's got his, his CSCS. Like he's yeah. You know, I have the requirements that yeah. to, to work with people at the level that I work with for sure. Um, so I think just me just having like the blend of the two. Yeah. Because I know a ton of people, like you're saying, a ton of people are either oh One. shit, I'm just good at basketball, so I can probably teach somebody how to play yeah. basketball, but eh, yeah, maybe not. You might not be a great communicator. You might yeah. not be a great coach or whatever. Yeah. Or I'm going to be the smartest fucking person on the planet. And, and then I, think you there's only... a, I think there's a space for all those people. I too, agree. Though. I yeah. agree. But I think finding like the balance mm-hmm. that, that works for you mm-hmm. and kind of works for the clientele. Yeah. Cause my clientele is like all the pro guys, of course they want to know that I'm well-educated and they, and I have to talk to these teams. Like I talk to, most of the teams for the guys that I work with, you know, I'm talking to the Patriots, I'm talking to the Broncos, I'm talking to the Giants. Um, but so I have to speak the language. I can't just yeah. show up to a Zoom call with yeah. the head physical therapist for the Giants and be like, Duh, you know, so I have to know. But at the same time, like, it's easy for me to go, hey, Saquon, like. I whenever I do this, boom, boom, I feel this. Yeah. So let's try to get you feeling the exact same thing. And then it might take two or three or four or five sessions for him to feel that. Yep. But you've um, been doing it for a long time. But I've time. been doing it for a long ass time. But now I've done it so much that I can, I can say, I can just watch him and say, close, close, yes. but let's, yeah. but let's try it. The, and, let's get that back. And because back of your just experience, you can tell, you can figure out what the different cues yeah. are to help him move better. Exactly. And like, oh, you're not getting deep enough into this movement because hip internal rotation lacks on that side. So right. let's address that. And then let's try the movement. So like you said, you have to know what's going on. And I think what's important to, to know also is that you're talking about professional athletes that understand their bodies. They understand their bodies. They understand what internal rotation is. Me, on the other hand, I'm working with, a. I worked with a lot of beginners. I work with a lot of people that have never worked out before. So I'm not going to be able to say, hey, get that internal rotation in your, yeah. in your leg a little bit more. Or, hey, you know, you know, whenever you cross somebody over and that yes. feeling that you feel like that yeah. lateral kind of lunge. People aren't going to understand yeah, that. Yeah. So keeping that in mind and knowing who your audience is and who the person that you want to speak to and you need to know all of it. That's why education is so important. And then just to keep figuring out what's in the box. So then you can start to speak outside of the box. Um, Whenever I coach a lot of people, it's, it is learning the basic stuff because in general, like if you want to become a coach to do what Nick is doing is such a, like such a niche. And, and I'm sorry to say it, not a lot of people can coach people like Nick are coaching. Yeah. But if you're coaching, no matter what, even that, even someone like Saquon might every once in a while need a basic cue. For sure. Oh, yeah. Of and so that's why it's so important to just know those little things and figure out how to like one of the greatest drills that I learned. And I don't know if this is 
um, exposing secrets, but one of the greatest learn- drills that I learned when I was at Apple is we had to pretend like we were coaching to the blind. Yeah. So for example, if you were, if you, if like, let's say we had a, um, a curtain and Nick was behind it and we recorded Nick, I had to coach him without showing him anything. Yeah. So obviously he's someone that probably could figure it out, but let's say, get your mom, try your mom. Someone that's never exercised before, put a, put a wall between y'all or maybe do it over the phone. Have yep. someone record, try to tell them how to move, try, yep. try to t- explain and explain it just verbally, like yep. get them to do the, yep. and it's very challenging, very challenging. Yeah. And it makes you but it think makes you, a lot. Yep. Um, a great book is I'm looking at it right now that we have the language of coaching by yep. Winkleman. Yeah. That's a, he's, he's all about external cues. So, yep. you know, like break the glass, you know, with your knee, that kind of stuff. Yep. So I think a new coach should definitely understand that. And then if you, if you're looking for a coach, try to try to ask them, like, how, you know, how are you going to cue me? I've never worked out before. Like yeah. you, you just try, even if you're like taking a group fitness class and you know, that person does one-on-one listen to the way that they cue. Yeah. If you like the way they tell you to do things and you understand how to move your body because of the way they explain it. Yep. I think that's a. That's no, a, for sure. That's a green, a green light. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, big thumbs up on that for yep. sure. Um, I think, yeah, just to touch on that again, the, the language of coaching is by Winkleman is, is very good. Um, and I spent two off seasons ago, I spent a lot of time at the mm-hmm. Exos in Phoenix and a lot of people. Which is where were, Nick Winkleman yeah, came kind of, of. Yeah, came, kind of got his start. Um, so... I spent a lot of time around people that were around Winkleman a lot. So yeah, I I definitely picked up on a ton of stuff from, from those guys like Nick Hill and Cruz and all the guys that I was spending time with. So, um, yeah, I think just, just dialing in on just very simple cues that, you know, can, especially, um, in the group space, which Mm kind of leads us into the next point. Like if we're talking one-on-one versus group, um, I think group training needs to be, and it's the the same. I I view it as just team training. I view it as like, I'm a strength coach in the NFL or I'm a strength coach at a division one university or whatever. If I got a hundred dudes that I'm working with all at the same time, it's going to be pretty hard to do some of this (laughs) funky shit that I'm out here doing, you know, because it's so hard to cue. Um, And everybody's at different levels. You're not going to have, 100 Patrick Mahomes or 100 Saquon and Barkley. They're all in different positions. They're all in so different, different positions. Yeah. So yeah, so everybody's at a different different level. So um I think you can that's not not an excuse to say all you know collegiate programs should just back squat and bench press and that's just cuz that's the easiest thing to teach. I'm not saying that by any means. So if you're a strength coach at a university like you can certainly be creative. But I think if you are creative and you are doing shit that's outside the box that people have never seen before, or the audience that you're working with specifically has never seen. Um, like you better be able to cue this shit yeah. for sure. <laughs> like you better be able to cue it. Yeah, certainly. So, yeah. Um, I, cause I've done a ton and even just doing nowadays with 20 after the COVID done so many digital things. And I've been working with Nike training club for a long time on the online platform and big, large groups it is about simplicity, you know, keeping everything simple, um, a lot of body weight because in group group sessions, you're not going to be able to do, you know, unless it's like a weight room. Obviously, yeah, yeah. that's way different. Yeah. But we're talking these like live events. Um, you know, I'm not having people do like crazy movements, but. Yeah. Like the recent one that you and yes. Joe did at Nike, like you're yes. not going to. Yes. You're not going to 
go to Nike's, uh, what is it, Just Do It Day or whatever, yeah. where y'all, and y'all all, trained yeah. 500 employees 500 Nike. employees, and it's people you're not that gonna be doing different the, levels, yeah. Yeah, you're not going to be doing, like, some of the stuff that you and I do, like, yeah. bounce, bounce, fire, bounce, bounce, yeah. fire, bounce, bounce. You can't do all that stuff mm-hmm. with that group. It's mm-hmm. going to be more like walking lunges. Yep. Like, or not even walking lunges, because they don't even have the space to do that. It would be yeah. stuff in place. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I think just... One, understanding the audience for group coaching, um, mm-hmm. your space, being incredibly aware of what you have access to and what you don't have access to, but then also just keeping it like quality has to stay incredibly high. Yeah. You know, like if you're coaching 20 people, you want all 20 people to be able to just hammer the drills that you're doing or the exercises and the movements that you're doing yep. flawlessly, Yeah. at least by the end of the session. Yeah. Maybe not at first, but that's why your cues come in. Yep. Like you should be able to iron those out pretty good. Um, and then maybe if you have that same group week after week after week, now we can start to layer some shit yes. together and we can start to get a little more creative. Kind of like what you're doing at APEC with spherical and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's... Um, it, it is. It's so different. Like obviously one on one. And I know a lot of coaches that are like, I'm not doing group. It's like not my thing. Or I actually when I worked at Crosstown, I would have we we were at Crosstown. We were very adamant on not hiring just not saying just group instructors. It's just it was we wanted anyone that was going to teach a group class to be a personal trainer yeah, in order to teach our classes because they were doing a lot of a bit of everything in these movies. It wasn't just a lead and follow dance class. It wasn't just a cardio class. Yep. But I think if you're wanting, I know a lot of people that just want to be a coach and they want to just do uh, group classes, which is great too. Like we need that um, out there. Like a lot of people, that gets a lot more people moving. But I know a lot of people have, ne- have only been personal trainers and then they get to the group the group classes and they're like, I don't know, this is so hard. Yeah. But I think it's, it's important. It's just much to, different. It's much, like much different. I mean, it's like I'm doing some work with a company right now. I can't, say the name of the company because we haven't launched yet but i'm doing some work with them and one of their things is um sure like it's going to be a software where people have access in their homes um so like whenever i'm coaching and i'm on camera i'm just thinking about like there's probably going to be thousands of people doing this so i'm like hey y'all like let's let's keep up the energy blah 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 and i'm i'm talking to them as them Mm -hmm. as if it's a group But then one of the feedback that I always get whenever I coach is like, hey, we understand that there's going to be more than one person doing this at a time, but we want you to cue it as if it's a one-on-one. If you've ever done an Apple fitness class, fitness plus class, they're always talking about you as an individual. Exactly. It's a personal experience. You need to make it a personal experience. So whenever it's a one-on-one session in in person, or if it's FaceTime even, or virtual Zoom, whatever you do, um... Well, that's it's easier that, to be, yeah, to, to to talk to them in a one-on-one manner. Like, yeah. hey, just get your knees, your knees a little lower. Get your like whatever. Like mm-hmm. you can do that. Mm-hmm. But then, whenever you're in a group setting, say I, I'm just at the park and I just have bands that's different, and you physically a yoga have mats. a bunch of people in front of you, and you have to project your voice a little different, and you mm-hmm. have to like so and so responds to this type of coaching, or so and so responds to a more hard ass version of like you better get on them or yeah. else they're not going to respond to it. Yeah. Or this person, if you're a hard ass, they might shut down and cry. Yeah. So I think you just have to learn. Yeah. You have to learn what kind of encouragement different people need to, because yep. I think um, asking your client or whenever you, you start coaching people, like figure out 
ask them if you're interviewing a client, you can ask them like, what kind of encouragement do you like? Yeah. Do you like hard, tough love? Yeah. Do you like the positive? Do you like the mix of the two? Yep. And, and if, we recently started doing some online mm-hmm. coaching stuff and you have to fill out a little survey if you want to have like custom programs. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions that we have on there is what, the, what type of coaching do you have? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously there's what type of equipment, what type of, mm-hmm. what's your schedule? Do you want it three times a week, four times? But like one of the main ones is like, yeah, do you want us to like <laughs> to get on your ass? Like yeah. if you miss two or three days in a row, should I call you like, yo, motherfucker? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you missed a couple workouts or should I call you and just be like, Hey, you know, we know you got a lot going on. So just try to get it in when you but can. That's like, really it, important as a coach is to important. figure out what kind of personality you can work with. What, what is your personality? Cause you can't work with everybody. Yep. Like you, there, there's a certain kind of personality that has to work with certain kind of celebrities. And there's a yep. bunch of different kinds of celebrities. There's athletes, there's musicians, there's actor or, you know, actors and yeah. they're all different. Um, if you want to be a celebrity trainer and even just the corporate, the daily person, like I have trained so many different people and I've had to be so many different personalities. So as you're becoming a coach or you want to be a coach, figure out what that personality of yours is. You don't have to change it, but figure out what yours is best at. And like, it's okay. <laughs> I've had somebody ask me this before. Is it okay if I fire a client? I'm like, it's okay. Because if, if it's not benefiting it's both not of working, y'all, yeah. it's not work. It's okay. Yep. You can even just f- try to find someone that works better for that client. So yep. I think in the beginning, obviously, if you're just trying to make some money and you're becoming a coach, it's like, oh, I need to get every client. Yes, yep. but as the years go on and you're you're trying to f- you're figuring out who your audience is or who your person is that you're trying to train, I think that's okay. Um, but that's why building a network is really important. Yeah, I was going to say that's, that could be that's a, a whole big, nother little side. That's like, a big thing for new coaches and not even new coaches. All coaches is finding a network because mm-hmm. I think a lot of new coaches in the beginning, there's this sense of imposter syndrome and you're trying to pretend like, you know, everything, but the more you, more years you go into being a coach, the more you realize you don't know anything yeah. <laughs> and you need to find out more and learn more and that you can't know everything. You have to have a team of physical therapists, uh, sports performance, like for you, you know that you can't do everything, even though you're a performance coach for Sa- Saquon or someone like that. He needs so many other people in yep. his, in his, um, yeah, I'm not a nutritionist. Not I'm not a, nutri- a physical yep. therapist. I don't we can guide issue. you. It's, and it's yeah. important to know all of those basic things. Yeah. You, you have, you have the precision nutrition certification yep. because you have a basic understanding of it. But at the level that they need to do mm-hmm. it, it's like, I would just rather outsource, hire yes. someone that's, that is a nutritionist yep. full time, yep. you know, so, or is a manual therapist or whatever it is. So yeah. I can certainly just you know, do basic soft tissue mm-hmm. stuff, but I would rather at that level, I would rather. Yeah. Oh, and not even just at that level. I think in general, like I remember if, if I, I had a client that was like, oh, I've had this nagging shoulder issue and I could give her some small drills here and there, but I'm like, are you working with a physical therapist to rehab that? Because I found out that she previously had surgery and a year ago. I'm like, have you been rehabbing it? How is that rehab going? Yeah. You just you know asking those questions and figuring out person as a whole, like, don't be the hero. Like you can't say, Oh, I know all of these exercises that you can do. Yeah. Like you can help them and you, it's your job to figure out what they can do. Uh, your job to figure out what exercises are going to make them feel better and get stronger in those and mo- movements. But your the physical therapist is the one that's going to actually make sure that they're moving better. Mm-hmm. Um, the range of motions there, et cetera. Yeah. So I think that's important to, um, I mean, there's so many, I, I think building a network is, was a big thing 
for me, you know, it's you're talking about like picking up the cues from other people in Exos. Like if you're only in your own bubble, like you're not going to learn anything. You're not going to be able to figure out more cues. Like you can read all these books. You can watch all these online certifications. You can attend in-person certifications, but in in-person certification is a great way to network and, and figure out other coaches. Yeah. Taking taking classes from people, I think, is really great because you learn all those cues. I mentioned that already. Um, uh, we we've gotten a lot of questions about mentorship. Like, will we? Can you shadow? We don't do that kind of stuff anymore. But through a lineup academy, we 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 were doing one on one with coaches. But um, if you have someone in your like, let's say you work at a big box gym or something, maybe you can ask one of the coaches if you can shadow them for a while. Um, if anything, that should be part of someone's, um, yeah, for sure. someone's like stepstones. Yeah. That's all for part one. Make sure you stay tuned for part two, where we talk about using social media as a trainer and our number one piece of advice for trainers and so much more. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll see you next time. Just real quick, we'd like to remind you that while we are fitness and wellness professionals, we are not doctors or prescribing any medical advice. We do advise that before you change any of your habits or routines, you always should check with your healthcare provider.